I'm Marlo Higgins, and I've spent nearly four decades as an entrepreneur building boundaries around time and energy. I am captivated by stories of creating that mythical balance between priorities and success without the guilt and fear of missing out. I'm a to-the-point business coach that helps start a company, rebrand another, and launch my own. Now I'm running a thriving online brand with the white space in my calendar to spend time with my family, nurture my soul, and create an impact in our world. Are you dreaming of striking a balance between a thriving business and a joyful life? It is possible, and it starts with you. Get out your field notes, and let's tap into Peaceful Achievers, inspiring you to create a vision, level up your skills, and show you how to set boundaries that support the life you desire. This is 22 Minutes to Having It All. Now, today our performance conversation was with our really good friend. We've got Brian Bashan, and he is the founder of Evolution Evolution. He is the chief evolved officer. I mean, that right there is enough for us to dig into. And he talks about being a career confessional for leaders on a mission of impact. And again, I think being on a mission of impact is very, very powerful. He is a conscious career change expert, talent, intuitive storyteller with a golden voice. So Brian, hey, welcome to this week's episode. Thank you, Marlo. It's such a joy to be here with you and your listeners. Hmm. So let's dig into this. What is a chief evolved officer and what is Evolution Evolution? Sure. So I'll start with Evolution Evolution. It's the company I founded that brings all of my mission and expertise together. It's named twice on purpose. The first evolution is a nod to our evolution as humans, the DNA we're born with, how a pandemic affects every single human being on the planet. But that second evolution is the one that we can purposely own and choose how we want to evolve and be aligned personally and professionally for the greatest impact in the world. Now, why did you find that this was so important in the world today as, you know, we focus on humans and we focus on the control that we have on our own? Give us some insight. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, I think, you know, as a founder, as an entrepreneur, the story of my life is one evolution. And so I know that so many others are also going through an evolution personally and professionally. And I think now more than ever, especially since the pandemic, This is a way of the deeper dive, we go inward and make sure we're aligned with our gifts, our strengths, with the vision that we desire, that will have even more of an impact on the people that we serve. And no matter what business we're in, because that truly will set us up for the success and for the greatest joy we want to accomplish. I mean, no question. And Brian, there's a reason. I mean, I wanted you to be a guest on our show is, you know, you are the golden storyteller, right? You've got the golden voice. That's how you like to, uh, you know, designate yourself. So can you give our listeners, because you have, you've had such an evolution, and I think it's really important for others to learn from, can you give us your, your story and, and how it impacts you today? Of course. So as I always say, the life of Brian, the life of Brian Bashan is the following, that after undergrad university, I went on to graduate school, but it was in the context of the seminary. I went on to study to be a Catholic priest, and it was a fabulous five years formation and education. And I was ordained a Catholic priest, and I served for the Archdiocese of Boston for eight years, four years in a parish tons of families. I did weddings like I was a like a chaplain in Las Vegas. I did so many weddings, so many baptisms, and it was a I was the part of the fabric of so many lives. 
And then the last four years, I was the private secretary, or what would translate to be like chief of staff to the cardinal. So I was very young, obviously being groomed for more leadership. And I served him at a very high level that when he went to go see the Pope, I was there at the Vatican with him. When he had any diplomatic events, I was there, master ceremonies, et cetera. But I got to a moment in my life after eight years, and I have to say, I loved what I did. It wasn't that I was unhappy. I knew I was also loved and had impact. But there was a question that was really important. And the question that I asked myself was, what do I desire? And I really desired at the core of my being to be able to freely love another person, to stand in my truth as a gay man, to know that I could bring my gifts and impact into the world in a new way. So over a period of time, I resigned and I went on to New York City to become an executive in the world of philanthropy. And that led on to meeting originally a Canadian. That was my original move and reason for Toronto continues as an executive here, and then decided to bring all of my expertise together in founding Evolution Evolution. And I'm an actual example because my story is powerful because I know it will resonate for others who probably have had great success. Maybe they've been a lawyer or other careers, but they have that feeling inside that there's something else calling them or something else they want to do. And I love working with those kind of leaders and individuals to help them align to really find that and know that you can move forward from fear to a greater freedom. So was it fear that that challenged you with that question, Brian, of what do I desire? Well, fear was definitely part of the gang. You know what I mean? It's like it's like it's like a, a schoolyard bullies, right? Fear has other friends. You know what I mean? It could be anxiety that came along. It can be self doubt. But I think certainly fear was a, a was kind of the leader of the pack because you know I dedicated my life to you know be of service. I was obviously being groomed for more, and then there's that fear of well, what will I do? How do I translate? running an event at the Vatican, how does that translate into getting a job? What is the, the fear of what would my family think? What are my friends going to think? The expectations that I felt that were upon me. And I had to take time to really kind of peel back like an onion, those different layers of fear to really see that some of it was self-imposed. Some of it I had to work through. Some of it I kind of just had to realize that I had no control over to be able to be free to move forward. So fear was there, but also a sense of, you know, doubt, you know, what would happen, you know, what's going to happen in the future. And that's why I always say, if you're looking to make a significant change in your life, it has to be a conscious change. Just quitting on the spot is not going to resolve anything, but really taking the time to do some of that inner work to make sure you're aligned to be able to make the steps with clarity moving forward. Okay. And you bring up a good point too, Brian, you know, so we talk about fear and doubt, right? That's, that is a huge anchor, I think for a lot of people in the world, regardless of what position you hold, what percentage of your time do you spend today with fear and doubt? So individually or for with clients? Yeah. I mean, just that conversation in general. I mean, like, because you've been able to, you know, come through and, and master a lot of this, do you still have the fear and the doubt? Does it ever go away? 
Absolutely. The only issue now that's a little bit different is, of course, there can be different moments of fear. And But fear shows up in a different way now. It can usually show up in like a sense of control, especially if it's on something I'm trying to do in my business, something I'm trying to create or something I'm trying to promote. It can be a sense of trying... If I find myself trying to control the outcome too much, it's usually because I'm fearful that maybe it won't be a success or I'm fearful that I'm missing something. So I'm able to catch it much, much faster and to be able to step away from it where before it would just fester sometimes unconsciously for a very long time and not knowing that. So yes, I am a human being. I think until I take my last breath, uh, fear will always pop up, but I'm just a little quicker in seeing it and realigning myself back to a place of love and focus. And it's a big focus area for the clients that I work with as well. From CEOs to people in transition, fear always shows up in so many different ways. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anybody's immune to it. And like you said, I mean, there's a, there's a level of control that it can have over us. Right. And we can either choose to do something with it or, you know, let it control us and take over. So, you know, you come into this evolution of, you know, what we own, like talk about that second step of evolution and the depth of it and why it can be so freeing for someone. Absolutely. So, you know, we spend so long, like that second evolution of really doing the inner work, And when I say by inner work, you know, that can consist of a variety of different things. What does that even mean? You know, that's a term that sometimes you you hear tossed around. But inner work is a sense of making sure that your core values of who you are, a sense of the purpose that you want to live, the way you want to live, is aligned with the work that you're doing, the people you surround yourself with, and the way you live that out. Because when that's misaligned, what happens is there's a greater increase of anxiety, frustration, lack of motivation, lack of clarity of the impact that you want to do. And so when I work with individuals, especially if I work with individuals, professional leaders, one-on-one, it's really helping them to make sure that they're leading with their natural gifts and strengths. So for example, There was one executive that I worked with that shared that they were really struggling. They were in the most senior C-suite position. And they said, Brian, I have to do these like town halls to rah-rah all the employees. And I hate it. I I feel when I'm speaking, I'm I'm so anxious. I'm, I'm just not able to communicate. And so what we did together is we spent time to realize their greatest strength was building relationships authentically in smaller groups, one-on-one, casually. And this individual worked at a hospital, was in charge of a hospital. So he would actually go to the hospital at night and walk the floors on the way back from an event, stopping by the nurse's station, speaking to the individual cleaning the hallway. And that led to building incredible relationships in the hospital that when COVID came, he was truly present and they listened attentively because of the relationships that had been built. So it was that sense of diving inward of that fear of speaking before groups and, and where they were, but tapping into their individual strengths of, of who that person was to help them make the greatest impact. 
Yeah. So as you're describing that, I'm hearing as a career confessional, right? You're giving somebody the opportunity just to be very pure, very raw, very present. In essence, you're giving them a soft place to land. Absolutely. And, and, you know, that's, and I say, you know, it's the career confessionals a nod to my past, right? Yeah. That, you know, I, I kind of use that with kind of, you know, tongue in cheek, but it really is an opportunity in a space that, yes, we may be looking at your professional goals, what the ROI is that you want to receive, but it's also a chance to be vulnerable, to say, I really feel I'm not connecting here, or I'm really being triggered every time I run a board meeting by two board members, that it's, it's raising issues in me that has been quite challenging. It's a place of security, safety, and openness. And my role is simply to be like a lighthouse and shine the light down to help guide to the coast the safety of where they need to be. Yeah. And part of development is awareness, right? And giving them the vulnerability to come to you. And because you have a level of understanding, um, getting them not only to speak their truth, but then to understand how it impacts in, a, in such a, a positive um, and impactful way. Can you give us, you know, some understanding about impact and the power that that brings? Absolutely. I think, you know, one of the things that has been really powerful is, you know, sometimes, yeah, I work kind of my one of my sweet spots are kind of new CEOs or founders of companies that you know want to make sure they're kind of going deeper, but also working with individuals that are looking to make a career change, whether it's a sense of founding their own company or where they may be. And it's really helping them to look at the why they want to do that. And one of the biggest questions I ask them is, what brings you joy? And you might be thinking, well, what does that have to do with like a business decision? You know, where is that? If you follow joy and you really ask yourself, what brings you joy? That is where your natural strengths are. That is what is going to be the creative energy to help you be able to do that. And so really guide people into that process of like, okay, these are the things that bring you joy. How do you want more of it? And the things that don't bring you joy How do you want to create a life that you can still be joyful and even deal with some of the things that may not be your top choice? Joy is so powerful for what we want to be. And, you know, I think the pandemic, as we come out of this with a newness and a deeper awakening and clarity, joy has to be at the forefront of what we're about. Because without that, you're going to lose the purpose of the why of what you want to accomplish. Yeah. And you know, you're speaking my language, Brian. I mean, the things when you're talking desire and joy, I mean, such rich questioning and depth, you know, I always like to work and and speak of core desired feelings, you know, like at your core, what are the things? And, you know, for us within our brand, it's peaceful, energized, empowered, and loved. I mean, those are the four core feelings that I desire to to be in business every day. And what happens, it becomes a natural extension to others. So those who, you know, they kind of seek those same things because, you know, frankly, if I'm living in that space, they're going to get that kind of energy around me. So talk to me about that and like um, the power of feeling and uh, why it's so important. Yeah, you know, it is. Feeling is important, you know, and I think so often, like when I left, you know, the priesthood and there all of a sudden there I am in New York City as an executive and I loved it. New York City fit me like a glove, the energy, but, you know, it's, 
you know, it's, it's fast paced, it's hardcore. And behind you are a thousand people that could step in and take your job literally in an instant. So you have to deliver and you have to be there. So that sense of feeling, well, what does that really mean? But the feeling is very important. And for myself, it was a feeling of being able to bring a lightness to the people around me, to make them feel that they were really listened to, that I really wanted to have a relationship with them. And because of that approach, that it wasn't just transactional, that actually increased my sales and revenue goals to the highest level because it was a human connection. And that is very, very important. If we become transactional, become stuck in the areas that you know, hold us back, we're not going to be able to connect with others. We have to always see that we are here as humans connecting with other humans to bring them the greatest gift. And that is our presence and who we are. Yeah. It doesn't mean at the end of the day, you might not be trying to sell something or you might not be inviting them into a product or a particular initiative. But the way that you do it will totally set you apart from anyone else. I mean, and here's the thing too. I mean, I can heavily relate to that. I know what we were doing, um, it was the Maverick Inner Circle, right? It was my entire client roster. When the pandemic hit, we needed community. We needed to band together. And one of the conversations that we had early on this year um, was being transactional or being relational because transactional, we're just going through the motions, right? It's like that, just that Jose Cuomo, nothing changes. We're just doing because we feel like we have to be doing. And that's kind of a a survival mode. But I think the relational component, that's where we can thrive. That's where you're talking about there's lightness. There's, you know, we have a voice we're being listened to. We're developing deeper relationships and the power that that brings. I mean, like you said, it's a game changer. And give us some more insight because as, as entrepreneurs are listening to this conversation, you know, they're relating to um, the sales component, right? Like closing totally. business, trying to, you know, make that their reality. How is this, um, you know, not only how, but why is it so important? Yeah. So, you know, a couple of things. I'll just give a tr- practical example, like LinkedIn. So, I mean, I, I think LinkedIn is an amazing social media platform for business. It's a great way to get your business brand out, your personal brand, and have made incredible, incredible connections uh, through LinkedIn. However, there is a way to really build relationships authentically there. There's nothing worse that when you connect with someone and then right after that, you get a message and they're trying to sell you what they're about or inviting you immediately into their newsletter and, and all the great things they can do. And, oh, here's a masterclass you might want to be interested in. That is a turnoff. And you will get further by actually taking the time to personalize the connection. And that has been the hallmark of my success, that when I went to New York City, had to build an entire network uh, from ground zero in the world of philanthropy and continued on. It has been building relationships and really listening, following up with them, and taking the time. Because that truly, truly, people will want to connect with people that are sincere, not just transactional. And so for myself, when people connect that are just very transactional, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in dealing with them if they're trying to do that without first getting to know who you are. And 
I realize there's a business there and there's things they might be trying to do, but it's the way that you do it is so important. And I really think that's what the world needs more of now than ever. Yeah. Yeah. And we love to, um, you know, go by the mantra that we build clients for life. You know, we don't want to be a flash in the pan or a once and done where it's just uber transactional. Um, the beauty of building a relationship that sustains, I think, is, is game changing. And also, it's so much easier to get referrals in that space, too, because people don't see you as just a transactional exchange, but they see that you've got this deep relationship and it's in those relationships that we really get to know what other people's assets are. And right. so, I mean, there's just this depth of, of it. And yeah, and I love how you've been able to connect all of the different dots for yourself. Um, and I'm sure it hasn't been an easy decision to segue from, you know, going in as a Catholic priest and, and then getting into New York into philanthropy, right? I mean, there's, there's some major mountains that you had to, uh, to move, but um, I'm sure that you've brought your relationships along the way. Can you give us any examples or stories, Brian, that that's been the case? Yeah, you know, it's so funny. I've been asked that question before. It wasn't difficult. The day I drove out of the cathedral parking lot in Boston with my belongings to go to New York City to the apartment that I had and to the job that was waiting for me, um, it was an actually fairly easy transition. The hardest part was the waiting before leaving. And I think for so many, uh, you know, they can relate to that, whether it's a relationship that, you know, is, is ending and it's a sense of, you know, okay, now it'll be easier. We both can move onward. Or it's a job that's ending. It was that waiting period that was the most challenging because I felt like I was in two worlds. My heart was already moving to the next one, but I was still physically stuck in the old. So when I got to New York, it actually was a great joy. And although there were a lot of things I had to learn, I think what worked for me the best was the ability to be able to walk into a room and intuitively be able to sense kind of what was taking place in the room. You know, there's a lot of human, as a priest, I was well-trained in kind of human dynamics and, you know, what was going on, you know, what is someone really saying by what they're not saying? So in New York City, you'd be in a board meeting and I'd be like, there's a bigger issue going on here. Like this is, there's another agenda going on here. It's not this. And that actually served me well in navigating situations, especially because I started in 2008. And that's when the economy collapsed, literally after a few months of arriving. So all of a sudden, I'm in this role in Manhattan, the economy's gone belly up, and I have a huge revenue goal next to my name. And it was really the ability to be able to tap into intuitively about people that I met in my networking to reach out to that were out of the normal pipeline of you know people that everyone was looking at. And that's how I was able to raise, you know, thousands of dollars in the most challenging time. And that really served me quite well. At the same time, the hardest thing I had to learn <laughs> was leaving from the Cardinal's office and moving to New York City. I was so used to getting emails and calls and things returned quickly. And it was the first time I really had to learn, like, how to hustle like how to follow up because people weren't just responding back to a phone call because I had reached out to them on behalf of an office or 
a, a matter. So that was one of my biggest lessons. And I'm like, okay, people aren't just going to respond right away when they see my name. I really have to, to build that out. So those were some of the small lessons I had to learn. Yeah, but I mean, I think the gifts of you being able to sense um, direction coming from more of a spiritual realm is yeah. very powerful, you know, because, you know, yeah, you're entering into those boardrooms and it's a different take on things. Yeah. But I think just because you're so, de- you know, so deep and rich in your own spirit and how that exudes into the workplace, I think gives you a, a upper hand <laughs> to uh, yeah. to having greater success. So I think that's actually brilliant. Okay, my friend, we're kind of coming into the close of our episode. So where can we find you? Like, how can people connect to you, Brian? Absolutely. So like we talked about earlier, I love connecting with people. So if you're listening here, there's two great ways to reach out. Say you heard this conversation and reach out to me on LinkedIn, send me a DM and you will hear back from me usually the same day and welcome. Also, you can feel free to connect with me at brian at brian at evolutionevolution.com. My website is going through an evolution of change right now to be all updated, but that is www.evolutionevolution.com. You can also reach me through there. So please reach out, even if it's just to connect. uh, I really welcome uh, to hear from individuals. Absolutely. Yeah. And we encourage conversations, right? Because that's the whole point of the podcast. They're hearing you, right? They're getting a, a greater understanding. And maybe there's a tip or a pointer that they're knowing that you are the person that can help them solve that problem or answer that question for them. So we really encourage that connection so much. Thank you, Brian. This has been an absolute delight. Well, thank you, Marlo. What a joy. I appreciate the invitation and all the best to you and your listeners. Thank you. Did you enjoy this conversation as much as I did? If you're looking for more conversations like these, be sure to subscribe and please leave a review of the podcast. Subscribing and leaving a review helps it show up on your phone every time a new episode is released and leaving a review helps other people like you find us so they can get the help they need so they can live their best life. Also, subscribe to our weekly email on our website at marlohiggins.com. This is the place that we share insider tips with our audience and drop polarizing insights with you. Remember, the road to success is better with friends. So be sure to share this episode to help all of you reach your goals together. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, success is universally desired, personally defined, and always within reach.